My name is Sylvia Fine. I'm president of Namba Seattle. Today, my hosts are Nari Weaver. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Garcia. Hello. If you like our program, please subscribe our channel. And if you'd like to join our uh, Namba Seattle as members, please do so because we have awesome programs lined up. So please stay connected with us. Back to today's talk, the most effective communication strategies with uh, Tammy Lyon. I've known Tammy for many years. In fact, if I remember correctly, we met at the big event at Microsoft. And I was the drone pilot for the event. That's correct. And I was wrangling people into all kinds of places. So, hi, Tammy. How are you? I am excellent. It's so nice to see you guys. It's been way too long. Too long. I really miss you. I miss you, too. I, um, to give people a little bit of backstory, I was on the board for a while, and I took a new position, and it is like... Oh, trial by fire, learning by like a fire hose kind of thing. So I had to step back a little bit. So I haven't seen these guys. Um, and, and I'm bummed because the, everything that they're doing with this organization is so incredible and so meaningful. And um, so I can't wait till I get over the hump of this new position and I'm, and I'm able to come back and see you guys all the time. I like the sound of it. So I love it. Forward having you back very soon. So Tammy, can you please tell, tell us more, a little bit about your business, what you do right now? Sure, I um, currently work as a fractional CEO. What that means is that I step in and act as CEO to businesses that are trying to grow. I work for a company called How to Manage a Small Law Firm. And so the businesses that we work with happen to be in the legal arena. We focus on small law firms and solo practitioner law firms and helping them kind of bust through the normal um, constraints of being a solo or a small law firm and hit kind of seven figure income. Um, before that, I have had a very bizarre and varied career. If I melt it all down, I like to say I'm a creative strategist. And what I mean by that is that I've made a career of helping organizations and executives to really align and elevate their people and their processes and their systems so that they can achieve their goals. Awesome. And in fact, I know you are also a business owner. I am a business owner. I own a ski and snowboard school up at Stevens Pass. And we also do Alpine summer ski race camps down on Mount Hood. And in fact, we leave tomorrow for a camp. Yep. We are going to try to do this in this COVID situation and keep socially distanced and have a camp. So I need lots of good mojo from everybody. Wow, awesome. Lynette, you have questions lined up, I know. Yep, and Nari has the first one for her. Absolutely. So, Tammy, we saw you on your webinar, um, and it was about uh, effective communication. So, you know, people talk about effective communication, but not everyone is good at applying it. And even now in these uncertain times, people are forgetting the importance of communication. With that said, for those people that have many difficulties communicating to others, 
Is there like a shortcut to make <laughs> communication more effective? Communication hacks. Is that what you want? Communication hacks? Pretty much. I wish there was just a shortcut, but as you guys know, communication is a pretty complex um, system or model. We have a lot of moving parts. We have the person who's communicating. So me in this situation where I'm the source. We have the receivers who is all of you listening to this um, wonderful interview today. We have the channel, which this time the channel happens to be this, this webinar series that we're doing here over the internet. But it could be television, it could be your cell phone, it could be texting, it could be written communication. But we have to send information from a sender to a receiver through a channel and we forget that everybody that's involved in this communication is a very unique individual. So every single person brings their own background and their own perspective, their own perceptions into every communication interaction or transaction that we have. So shortcut, no, maybe not a shortcut, but are there some things that we can do to be more successful? Yes, absolutely. The first thing that we wanna do is we wanna choose the right channel for communication. So if I'm gonna give highly technical information not going to be tweeting it, not going to be texting it. That's probably communication that's going to be typed into some sort of document, shared electronically, or maybe even with the old fashioned way with actual paper. If I am going to just do a quick check in and remind you what you need to pick up for me at the grocery store, well then the text is the perfect channel for that. So we want to align the channel with, with our communication so that it is help, helping to support our message. And then the next thing that we can do is that we want to try to restate things in more than one way. And here's the reason why. My life experience is very different from your life experience. And because of that, I actually assign a very different meaning to every single word I use than you do. And then you guys here all speak um, more than one language. So your other languages that you speak impact how you use your words in English as well. Do you find that, that like the tenses change and things? I do, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Even though the inflection of the voice when you want to. Yes, exactly. So because of that, when I'm sharing information, I'm going to say it in a couple different ways, hopefully, so that that information can make it across that channel and be heard. We, um, we, we mentioned earlier that I own a ski and snowboard school yeah. and we teach lessons to little kids. And if you've ever skied you, or even sometimes on social media, you'll see that there's this joke about one of the early things that we teach children, which is to put their skis in a position that kind of looks like an arrow. We call it a pizza, which really makes no sense because pizza is like this and we're talking this, but we really mean a pizza slice. <laughs> When I'm teaching kids and I say, put your skis in a pizza, you'll hear this all the time on the ski slopes, pizza, pizza, pizza. Well, you know what it presupposes? Why was pizza chosen? Because people think that kids love pizza. Well, what if you're lactose intolerant? Well, that's right. Pizza. You're not going to have the same experience, right? So I want to have more than one way that I can say that. Make a snowplow, make a pizza so that I can get my communication heard. It can break through those different perspectives and experiences that everybody comes to a communication with. The next thing, third thing, is really about walking the line 
between being simple and being precise. And I referred to this a little bit in that last presentation where we often in our industries, we, we deal with a lot of highly technical information and we have to speak about things in a very specific way. But in order for people to understand, they need it delivered more simply. So we always want to be cognizant of the vocabulary that we're using, of the words that we're using, that we're not using too many. And again, that we repeat and that we ask for understanding throughout our communication. And that's going to help us kind of walk that line between simple and precise. And then finally, if you um, have been to some of the NAMBA events, you may have interacted with, with uh, Teresa Franco-Macaro um, from the company Why Story Works. And she has taught us all that by the eliciting the use of stories, it can really enable us to have better communication. When we tell stories or use anecdotes to make our points clear, it involves our whole brain. We use our whole brain instead of just as part of it. And we, in fact, actually think in narratives. So when we hear a story, we try and relate it to what we already know, the experiences that we already have. So it's kind of an instant connection between people and a message. So by taking those kind of best practices, by being careful about what channel that you use, recognizing communication is very complicated. So we probably need to restate things in more than one way. That we need to walk the line up between not being overly technical and still being understandable. And that if we lean into stories and anecdotes, we're gonna have a, a quicker connection. That might be helping you to shortcut your communications success. That's great. <laughs> I like it. And I like the storytelling. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, pizza and snow cone. You know, choose the right word that your audience can relate to. Right. This is super important because if you say some other, you know, more technical, kids not going to understand what you're trying to convey, right? But pizza, snow cone, they love it. Like you said, pizza, who doesn't, right? But uh, for, for lactose intolerant kid, pizza might not be a good, you know, example. But no, think about what happens when they eat pizza. That is not, there's nothing fun about that at all. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So you have other choice of word you use. Snow yeah. cone, for example, definitely can convey the ideas. They can relay right away. They know what you're talking. They, they follow the direction, you know, your direction, how to do it, how to do the right step, you know, learn how to ski. That's fabulous. Um, yeah, sometimes we think, I think a lot of times for me, I think uh, maybe the language choice, mm -hmm. word, choice of words, mm -hmm. uh, because we don't know the background, we don't know the history, that we sometimes use the wrong word and without realizing. Right. And, also culture uh, difference, yes. uh, you know, uh, for example, um, green uh, baseball cap, um, it means something, the color itself, if you say it in Chinese, it means completely something different. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. Color, the color, if you say, oh, he's wearing a green baseball cap, that mm. means something else. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Every single day we learn something different. Yeah, so without knowing it, right? How do, guys, how do you guys feel like we cross that barrier? Because I know that this is, this is a tenet that uh, Nava Seattle is founded on, 
is that we want to serve our very diverse community. How do we know to choose words in a certain kind of way that we can be heard? Is that something that like you feel if I make a misstep that you can let me know? Uh, I think usually that's the case and we're more open, open-minded for people or for me making mistake. If I'm willing to accept, you know, their culture, background, I think then you have um, easier uh, acceptance. Understanding. And understanding, yes. Yeah. I don't know if Lynette, when you first got here uh, from Dominican Republic, did you have any kind of uh, obstacle that you had to conquer in a way? Well, I can say that it was more the certain tics or languages or, or idiomatics that here Seattle people has that my husband tell me, no, you do this, or you act this way, or you said this, and what you tried to say, it was this. So it was like those little tweaks that you have to do in the conversation so that people can understand that your English is their, what they're understanding according to what they know. Right. That's so um, interesting. I was helping um, one of my law firm owners the other day look through some candidates and she was looking at um, using a company called Upwork. So they're all remote workers, virtual, and they were looking for a virtual assistant. And somebody um, described themselves as having a cold head. And she was like, I can't have somebody work for me that doesn't use the right words. And I thought, this is this person's what, second or third language? And they said cold instead of cool. You know what? I knew what they meant. So can we not show a little graciousness? Can we not just try to reach across that bridge a little bit and and work together to have an understanding? I found it really fascinating. Good point. Yeah, very good point. A cold head, I think, yeah, you know exactly what uh, he or she meant. Crime exactly. clear, you know, or, or um, fast, right. uh, you know, all that. So yeah. Nari, when you first got here in Seattle, did you have any issue or that you had to make a change or you feel? Um, actually, no. Um, the, um, I think the big impact, because I, I lived in the Middle East uh, before going to Venezuela, that, that, was, that was my major change. Right. From living to, you know, a very conservative place, going to South America, yeah. extremely liberal, and um, language barrier, too, because I had no Spanish knowledge. Um, yeah. And at least Venezuela, they are well known for making jokes. So, you know, you feel that you're being bullied and it's actually, you're not being bullied. It's that, it's just a, a dark sense of humor, right? So, you know, trying to get used to that. Um, uh, and then when I got here, I got so used to this dark sense of humor <laughs> that when I start applying it here, people just don't get it, you know? So it's... <laughs> But I actually feel that this is like a happy medium for me. Um, Seattle has been, uh, you know, half a little bit conservative, a little bit liberal. I don't, I don't feel out of place. Um, and 
it's it's such a tidy uh, city and, you know, well-structured. I, I don't have to fight with, you know, uh, if traffic or not on time or whatever, because, you know, sometimes I just swallowed a, a, a clock and sometimes that's very frustrating for me because in, you know, the Middle East, it's every, everything is on time. Your word is very important. And then in South America, it's like, nah, come on. <laughs> Give me one more day. Give me a few more hours. And you're like, no. <laughs> oh, so it took you some time too to get uh, adjusted, you know, because like you said, you went for an interview. You thought you say something that was funny, but obviously the other person didn't feel the same. It, that's that's socially right. Um, I've I've always worked alone. So, you know, I, I haven't had these troubles in, in going to a job interview and stuff like that. So, um, thank goodness, because if not, I'm pretty sure I would just continue working alone. One of the things you said, Mari, that really resonated with me was when you don't have the language, how isolating that can be. Yes. And since today we're talking about virtual remote workplaces and our, us all being um, sequestered into our homes and how that impacts our communication. I think it's something to really, really think about is that whether or not I don't have the language to be able to communicate with you, or I don't have the opportunity to be able to communicate with you, or I can't connect with you for one reason or another through my words, it's very, very isolating and very, very lonely feeling, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Communication is really just crucial, more crucial now than probably ever before in our current environment to help us feel connected and not lonely. Well, uh, I still somehow like the traditional way, face to face, have a cup of coffee, you know, sit down, you know, that, that type of uh, conversation. Yeah. But um, now because of the, you know, the pandemic, the what's happening right now, it's just, you know, you try to avoid that as little, you know, as possible. So everything has changed and yeah. I have to readjust that too, you know, um, change my mind of thinking, change ways we do things, uh, including, you know, meeting. When we say meeting, automatically, it's going to be a virtual meeting. Right. Yeah, it's not like a switch. We are already like, where are we going to meet? Oh, soon. <laughs> well, I think also, Sylvia, you're, um, you're a natural kind of an empath, but that's one of the things that I notice about you is you have a high awareness of people around you. There's not a lot that goes on that you do not see. So I imagine that when you have your kind of your nonverbal communication kind of hobbled a little bit when you can't read the energy of the room it would be really really hard because you'd feel a little bit like you were crippled in a way from from being able to lean on all your strengths that's true um i definitely at the beginning i i had a hard time yeah. but um uh, now it's a little better because we use you know today the you know the virtual technology and so on but back to um, you know, to your talk and also your webinar, which fascinates me about choice of words. Mm. And super, super important now 
than ever before because virtual workplace choice of work is crucial. It's just um, if I say things, um, you know, um, with a long paragraph, people don't know. You just lost people's attention. You have to be direct to the point and so that people catch it, they can digest, and then they give you a feedback. Um, I don't know, with your, your type of work, you know, with you consistently working with lawyers, you know, law firms, how do you convey, the, you know, what you do and, you know, vice versa? One of the things that I bump up against a lot with lawyers, and this will not surprise you, is they like to argue. <laughs> um, anything that you suggest, they have to tell you the 27 reasons why it can't work. And that lawyer brain is brilliant for practicing law, but it doesn't always make for great communication, as you can imagine. It can really kind of put people in a contentious um, or argumentative kind of state. So that's one of the things that I bump up against a lot in, in what I'm doing right now. I also think that the thing that I notice is because we're in these uncertain times, we have a level of, I'm just call it a, like a base level of stress that is just kind of always rumbling under the surface. And because of that, we're a little bit quicker to being frustrated. And I've noticed over the years that people feel like if they have said it, then it must be understandable. I just said it. Did you not hear me? I just said it. And they completely forget that, no, just because you said it doesn't mean it means anything to anybody else. And if it's your message and your communication you're trying to get across, then you have to do all the hard work to be understood. That's so true. Um, I guess I never thought it too much about that before, but uh, with uh, your webinar, uh, that kind of opened up the door. Um, I start thinking um, choice of words. Um, and if, if my choice of words can really reach out to my audience. Um, yeah, super important. So Nari, uh, so, you know, graphic designer, um, picture mm -hmm. a lot, but how about choice of words for you? And do you, can you relate that to Tammy's, you know? Nari. Oh, I was like, I was like, yeah, Tammy, answer. <laughs> <laughs> Communication yeah. points. Yes, I can totally relate. Um, and what she says, um, it happened to me in one organization that I used to work with. Um, I was an executive director for that company. And what I would say, I thought it was the message was like clear. And then they would not do it. And I'm like, what is going on? And I would explain the exact same thing instead of like rephrasing it or asking, you know, like Get a little louder <laughs> where, um, like, or what's going on in the moment that, you know, that you're maybe in, in La La Land, right. And you're not, you're not focusing, you're not listening. It took me, it took me forever to actually listen to the needs of, of, of my team. So I could actually rephrase or help them to achieve what I actually needed to do. 
So, um, yeah, listening is a listening is a key. They have to communicate with me so I can communicate with them. It's it's a it's a thing thing. And if the thing is not done, well, you know, just show them what you wanted to do, <laughs> and then just explain it. Hey, you know in a very, you know, keep your cool down and all of that stuff without getting all outrageous, right? Like, so this is what I try to achieve. <laughs> I love that. It's like you can calm yourself out and be authentic. If I can just say, okay, I clearly was not, I didn't, that did not come across the way that I meant it to. So let's try it again. I think right. everybody an opportunity to go, okay, I'm not unintelligent because I couldn't understand, or you're not unintelligent because you couldn't make me understand it. It just kind of allows us to push reset and pause. And for you, Nari, I imagine that because you communicate visually, you're probably really, really great at finding the core message in things. Took me forever, but yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She has to decode in somehow what we as a team try to come across in the idea and yeah. make it visually understandable. Right. Uh, and it's great because visually you understand, I think, me better than too much letters. And sometimes we as a team like, ah, oh, we want this and we have this idea and she sketched it out. And yeah. then, well, it turns out way better than I thought at the beginning. Like less is more. So, yeah. Well, and how much support a visual image can give to a language expressed with words, right? How it just gives people another, it works like a story in that it gives people another way to connect when we can provide a visual as well as the words. It's just like an interconnection between the she understand better than us. <laughs> um, and just going in the same direction that Missy's um, the narrative told me, you just uh, did an Instagram post about observe and respond that I love it. Oh. <laughs> yes, because it's the same thing that Nery was saying. I tried to say something and we uh, tried to say something, but sometimes we didn't get understand that the same way that we expect in our mind or we just place it in our chip to be understood the same way we want it. Right. And with that one that is observe and respond, what you can say about it? Well, it's kind of that same concept of respond, don't react, right? Because we don't know what we don't know, it's really smart for us just to take a breath, just to wait a couple beats before we speak to make sure that, we, that we're not making any assumptions, that we're not interpreting things incorrectly, that we've really listened to the end of what somebody's trying to say. Oftentimes we're just, we're just waiting for our opportunity to speak. I have a dear friend who gave me the saying, we have two ears and one mouth. So I want to listen twice as much as I'm talking. And it really is true. Yep. So many people, sometimes we are afraid of our bus. Therefore, the requests sometimes are just tend to say yes when the communication was not clear. So it's like yes, but doubting. Right. What kind of benefits that you just said in our webinar are just of questions that we can be 
clear to unclear what we didn't understand. Right. So um, there's kind of a couple things in that question that I'm hearing. One, we're talking about somebody who is afraid of their boss. And um, that's an unfortunate situation to be in. And I would like to encourage you not to be afraid of your boss. Um, I, I want to encourage you to, to go forward with confidence. Even if you work for someone who lives in the world of shame and blame, um, it doesn't mean that you're not clear or that you're not intelligent. It just means that they've got their issue. So as much as you can, try to react to your boss and let their problem be their problem. And then recognize that the greatest gift that we can give our boss is that we're able to produce for them what they're looking for in the most efficient manner possible. We don't get bonus points because we were psychic and we got to, we just figured out what they meant when they said something that meant who knows what. We get bonus points when we're willing to be vulnerable and we're willing to ask questions so that we can hit that target. So being able to ask questions really, really is a super effective way. And if it feels like it's too vulnerable, then maybe just start by restating what the person said. Um, we have a mutual friend who uses this statement all the time. What I think I heard you say is, and then repeat back. And that gives you the opportunity to kind of open up a dialogue to go back and forth. You don't have to say, I didn't understand you. You just say, this is what I think I heard. And you give them an opportunity to make a correction. I would never hesitate to ask questions. I am the person who asks questions all the time, probably to the point that I drive people crazy. Um, but I've never been able to figure out how to hit a target if I don't know what it is and it's not been clearly defined. And that's true because sometimes, and that can happen in our uh, relationship with our family, the core one, that sometimes you think that they are reading your mind and then my husband says, I'm not a reader minder. I'm not a mind reader. Just right. speak how, yeah. what you want, because I'm not going to read your mind. So if you don't say, I don't know, I'm not going to try to discover. Yeah. Well, and I have to tell you that as a leader, I would much rather have someone ask me questions than say yes, turn around and have no idea what I asked them to do. To me, that's a colossal waste of my time. It feels a little bit disrespectful if I'm not going to lie. Um, so I would 100% just express and know that it's okay to not get it the first time because communication, as we said, is so complex. Our chances of us both seeing things the exact same way with just one stating of something, I don't, I can't even imagine what the, what the odds are, but they're, they're infinitesimal for sure. Right. Totally. I, I, I feel you, Tammy. <laughs> A lot of times we think, Okay, if you not, you not, that means you got it. Right. But a lot of people not, it's because of um, politeness. Right. Okay, okay, okay. But actually nothing came through. Right. <laughs> I'd rather, I, I, I rather you, you know, if you don't understand, ask me. Right. me that not, right? Yeah. Well, and then as a leader, you have to, um, you have to, make it okay to ask questions, right? And you can open the door to that. Was I clear when I said that? Is, 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 you know, can you repeat back to me what you heard? Or what is your first step gonna be? 
anything that enables a conversation to be transactional and two-way is going to make us get more and more close to understanding. Yeah, I, uh, close understanding is so important. Otherwise, nothing is going to go through. Mm -mm. And like you were saying right now in the virtual environment, we, um, we're so limited in the way, in the time that we have together and in all of the ways that we can communicate with each other. We're really having to rely heavily on this where we just have this strong visual um, method where we're just trying to figure out, oh, was that a smile or did she, she mean to say that? I'm not really quite sure. Or we just have words that, we're, that are being typed to us. Um, time is short, so we're, we're truncating what we're saying a lot. And it just sets us up for more misunderstanding. So being willing to ask questions and being willing to open the floor to take questions so that we can have understanding is just going to help us all to be more efficient and more effective. Well, thank you, Tammy. Any more questions from, from Nary or Lynette? Absolutely. So what does uh, communicating with impact actually mean? Communicating with impact. I know I just kind of made that up so I can see where you're where you're coming from. For me, when I say I want to communicate with impact, I'm saying I want to communicate in a way that I can be heard. I want to speak in a way people can listen to. I often tell my kids, I can't hear you when you talk to me like that. I can't hear you. I'm so busy putting up my defenses while you're rolling your eyes and being snarky. I can't hear you. Um, when we, when we train teenagers in particular, we run into this and it really kind of starts around middle school when you want to have a conversation about really anything. And, um, the teenager will let you know that that is not, that, that, that is uncomfortable for them. If you talk to them directly and straightforward, you will get this right away. But if they you, get, think that you're invasive. Uh-huh. But if you stand next to them and you're both looking off into the distance and you say, hey, how was your day? That alone will take off the pressure of the conversation just by wow. changing things that way. So my words are going to have more impact because I've been sensitive to how I'm delivering them to my audience. So if somebody's shy, I would do the same thing. I would just turn away from them a little bit and take off some of that pressure of that face-to-face -face contact. Um, if you're speaking with an executive, a way that you can have impact is really, really, really to say as little as possible. When I'm speaking with a CEO, I often remind myself word, sentence, paragraph. So I do not want to leave with all of the backstory when I'm dealing with a busy executive or a leader and then narrow it down and then finally get to the point. No, I want to see if I can lead with the point. And then if they want more information, they'll ask for it and I'll give them the sentence. And if they're intrigued or they want more, then they'll ask for the paragraph. Um, that's another way that I can communicate with impact. I have to change my message so that it can be heard by the person that it's being delivered to, either a teenager or a shy person not coming straight, straight on, to a busy executive or leader, I'm gonna give it in small little chunks. And certainly if I'm writing, I really need to make some adaptations. The average American reading level is a ninth grade level. 
but studies show that adults actually prefer to read things that are about two grade levels below their ability. So, so I'm writing, I'm really trying to not, not write like I'm in Harvard Law School. I'm trying to write like I'm in fifth grade, seventh grade, ninth grade. The New York Times, which I consider, you know, it's a fair, fairly erudite newsletter, a newspaper, that is written at a 10th grade level. Romance mm, novels, interesting. Yep, romance novels are at a fifth grade level. So when we're writing for business, if we want to have impact, we want to think, I'm writing to express, not to impress. I'm writing express. to express, not impress. So I don't need to dumb down my ideas, but I do need to simplify my language choices so they can be heard. And when I do that, my communication is going to have impact. Interesting. I love it. Communicate to express, not to impress. Yep. Because at the end, if you were clear with your message, it's going to go through and it's going to get the really captivation and impression that, oh, everybody understood and it will be it will flow. Right. Right. So I teach skiing and it's a fairly technical sport, right? So if I'm trying to work with you on your stance and I say, I would like you to um, take your center of mass and I'd like it to be uh, aligned with the line of action directly over your base of support. What, what does that mean? <laughs> what did you, what did you just say? But if I just say, stand up and feel the bottoms of your feet, I got the same result. One I can understand, one I cannot. And I love it. That that, that same um, example you did it on the webinar when you were saying the exponential on what oh, you're... Yeah, 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 yeah. From my, from my thesis. Yes. There's a yeah. question on my first day of class of grad school, which was, uh, does the epistemology recapitulate the ontology? And I was like, oh what? God. Holy cats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I love today's talk, but uh, we are already short of time. Okay. Uh, yeah. I hope uh, we can continue this conversation sometime soon again because it's just a lot we can actually dig through and actually uh, learn from Tammy. And uh, the webinar Tammy just did uh, uh, two weeks ago, it's about the most effective communication strategies for a virtual world, work, virtual workplace. <laughs> That's where we are now. And it's up on our website and our uh, YouTube channel. So please go and check them, uh, check it out. And, uh, uh, any last words you would like to share, Tammy? Yeah, you know, I would just really like to encourage people not to hide their voice. I would really like to encourage you to speak up because when you choose to not speak up, when you choose to not share your ideas, you send yourself a not so subtle message that you don't have value and you make it harder the next time that you want to speak. It's a real slippery slope from what I'm thinking isn't good enough to share, it becomes maybe I'm good enough to share, I'm not good enough to share what I'm thinking, which quickly turns into I'm not good enough. So my advice and what I hope that we can all uh, encourage each other to do 
is just to become part of the conversation. It's only scary until you decide to take that first step. So go ahead and jump out there and communicate. That's right. Thank you, Tammy. We want to share also a quote about communication and how to communicate um, effectively. And it was chosen by Tammy. In, it was about Barack Obama. It's important to make sure that we were talking with each other in a way that heals and not in that way that wounds. So thank you, Tommy, for choosing that wise, meaningful quote. And if you want to connect with Tammy, it's pretty easy. She is reachable in LinkedIn, um, Instagram, and Facebook. So a screenshot this one and follow her and connect with her for more meaningful conversations. Also, we have a calendar to remind you. Next 23rd, we have an interview with Leanne New about how to strive in the midst of a storm. It was a webinar that she held on April. So we're going to be talking more about that, inter that uh, webinar. And the next 28th, we have a webinar with her about happy relationships, how to create and have a happy, long-lasting relationships. So hit on Eventbrite and just check in our social media channels for not to miss that excellent webinar on next July 27th at 12 o'clock. And thank you for being with us. Tammy, very, very lucky to have you thank here. You thank you, Tammy. Thank you guys. And yeah. see you next time in Meaningful Conversations at Number Seattle. Discover and know more. See you. See ya, everyone.